Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, check out our merch store, onthefinsite.threadless.com. The Dolphins roll into Indianapolis this weekend for a flexed 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern time game against the red-hot Indianapolis Colts. They're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the Colts are on fire right now. There's no other way to say it. They've won four straight games and put themselves right in the thick of the playoff hunt here with the Dolphins. So the big news on offense, Paul, Ryan Tannehill looks like he's going to return for this game. Adam Gase has made that very clear this week. The Dolphins are 3-2 and two when Tannehill is starting. But more importantly, they get Brock Osweiler out of the lineup. I was going to say, that that's the biggest thing to me, is, is Brock Osweiler getting the hell off of that field. I wish he'd get the hell off my football team, as I'm sure our listeners are aware. And I'm sure they all feel the same way. It, it, it's going to be great to have Tannehill back. It's going to be great to have Juwan James and Laramie Tunsil back to to help keep Tannehill upright. And then Devontae Parker showed earlier this season that when he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, he's a pretty damn good receiver. So while I don't think Devontae is a guy that's going to keep that chip on his shoulder, I like having that for Tannehill's first game back, especially with, you know, the fun team already on IR between Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. And in the last three games, there were two times that Devontae Parker was deep for a 60 or 70 yard touchdown that you or I could have thrown and absolutely 100% missed them. So the whole over the top passing game going deep has flat out not been there with Brock Osweiler. Hopefully the Dolphins get that protection with Laramie Tunzel and Juwan James and are able to go downfield a little bit more. They should be able to because the Colts' outside pass rush, it's not all that great. I mean, they've got Jabal Sheard, who has five sacks. Uh, Kamoko Ture, their rookie, has four and a half. But other than that, not a lot of outside pass rush. Paul, looking at the running game, too, Frank Gore is obviously in the middle of a great season. It very good one-two combo with Kenyon Drake right now. But the Colts' run defense, 2.26 yards a carry allowed to opposing starting running backs over the last two games. Very important, though, that they establish that that run so that Tannehill has some balance. Yeah, I I don't worry about Miami's run game. I mean, between Drake and Gore, they should be able to get something going here. And given the fact that Miami is able to open the offense back up again and go over the top with Tannehill back in the lineup, that's going to allow a little bit of wiggle room. And, and Gase is going to dial up the screen game if he has to, if they can't get the run game going. And, and so I'd like to see Miami do something involving their running backs too that you and I have talked about a lot, and that's split Drake a little bit more, have him and Gore in the lineup at the same time, do some interesting things. I know they want to run the Wildcat a little bit with Kalen Balazs in there, 
uh, since he ran it in college a lot. But, you know, really getting Drake and Gore those carries in this game is going to be critical to opening everything up for the offense. Yeah, and the Dolphins are not going to have in this contest, not going to have Jakeem Grant. They're not going to have Albert Wilson. Obviously, those two players are out for the year. Mike Gusecki has struggled to acclimate himself into the passing game, hasn't been much of a factor. So we could see a little bit more of that, and I think it is important that they do that. Other notes here on offense, the Colts' big star is rookie linebacker Darius Leonard. He was a second-round pick, a guy we had our eyes on for the Dolphins in the second round. He's looked like a very, very good player. But one thing to keep in mind, too, here, Paul, the the Colts' defense, it's a very bend-but-don't-break passing defense here. So the Colts have allowed on the season to opposing quarterbacks a 72% completion percentage. That is a ridiculously high amount there. So it kind of feeds into really what Tannehill does best, and that is have a high com- have a high completion percentage, move the ball downfield, and the Dolphins might be able to put together a couple of long drives here. They should be able to. And one thing that you touched on as well is the fact that Gasicki hasn't been a factor. I know he wasn't a huge factor before Tannehill went out with injury, but he didn't really get the opportunity to develop with Brock Osweiler. His route tree is not in Brock Osweiler's wheelhouse. I mean, Gasicki's a guy that he's supposed to stretch the field. And that is the exact opposite of what you need with Brock Osweiler because he can't stretch the line of scrimmage. So it'll be interesting to see how much Gasicki really has developed and we haven't been able to see it yet. The other guy I want to see a lot of in this game is I want to see a lot of Nick O'Leary. He'll serve as that safety valve for Tannehill to keep that completion percentage up, but he's also going to help protect Tannehill from the lack of pass rush that the Colts have. And let's face it, you know, we're looking at a game where we don't expect much pass rush from either side, considering what you've told me before about Andrew Luck and how long it's been since he's gotten sacked and the Colts don't have a pass rush. So we'll probably see one of those games where it's like 11 sacks from both combined between both sides of the field. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if Nick O'Leary, if it's even necessary to keep him in to, to block, because that's the advantage of having a healthy Juwan James and a healthy Laramie Tunzel is that you can fend off a lot of times that outside pass rush. So O'Leary's been a very good player. I hope he stays around next year when he's a restricted free agent, and I think that he will. Let's see about his role here in this game. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, no easy way to say it. The Dolphins' defense has been terrible the last several weeks, really since early in the season, other than the 13-6 to Jets win a couple of weeks ago. And it seems that the better the quarterback is on the other side, the bigger the struggle is for this defense. Andrew Luck has 29 touchdowns this season. He's on pace for 47. If he did that, he would join Dan Marino as one of five quarterbacks to have over 40, over 45 touchdowns in a season. Pat Mahomes may join them as well, but you get the picture. The good news is, the Dolphins, personnel-wise, when you look at the Colts' secondary or the Colts' uh, receivers against the Dolphins' secondary, the Dolphins may have a little bit of, a, of an advantage with their secondary and their secondary healthy too. This should. I mean, it, it's. I'm not worried about Miami's secondary. I know we've talked about that a lot this season, but really, it's Miami's in good shape with their secondary. They're getting Minka more involved. I expect Rashad Jones to actually play a full game for the first time in a few weeks. And really what it's going to boil down to for this team is 
A, can they get a pass rush going? And B, do we get the good version or the bad version of the linebacking core? If we get the good version of the linebacking core, they should be able to hold Indy's offense in check. If we get the bad version of the linebacking core that doesn't know where to go, has bad coverages called for them by Matt Burke, uh, blitzes when it doesn't make sense and doesn't blitz when it does make sense, then it could be a long day because Luck will pump and dump over the middle if he needs to. And he will also take off with the ball. And if, if they're not spying Andrew Luck, it could be a long day with the wide nine defense and the fact that the defensive line is not really defending against quarterback runs. So if they're spying Andrew Luck and if the linebackers have a good day, this should be a good day for Miami. Yeah, and to mention the stat we talked about, Andrew Luck has not been sacked in his last 214 dropbacks, which when you think about how much Andrew Luck was battered when he was at quarterback his first several seasons in the league, that's a huge coup for the Colts' offensive line. And they've spent a lot of resources on it. I mean, they drafted Ryan Kelly and Anthony Costanzo in the first round years ago. They're going to be without Ryan Kelly in this game, which could be a big factor. But they also this past year drafted tackle Braden Smith in the second round and, of course, Quentin Nelson in the first round. They also signed Mark Lewinsky at guard for practically nothing, and he may have may be their best offensive lineman this year. So it's scary to think that with how good Andrew Luck was before, now they're averaging 36.5 points a game over the last four games because he's been so well protected. Looking at the Colts running back, really three-headed, I don't know if it's a monster, but it's, they've got three good running backs too, and, and Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. They're averaging close to five yards a carry on the season. Marlon Mack has taken the lead in that running back race over the last several weeks. He had 16 carries for 61 yards last week. But this is not as good running back talent-wise that the Colts have that the Dolphins have faced throughout the year when they've just been getting gashed either. No, and, and really, I think it's going to come back to, to two things, one of which I already mentioned, which is if we get the good version of Miami's linebackers, if Kiko's on, I mean, Kiko just mystifies me because he plays either like an all-pro or like a non-pro. Um, and and if, if Kiko's on, that's going to be a huge factor against the running game. The other factor as well for me at this point is how much Minka Fitzpatrick is spelling T.J. McDonald in this game. Game in and game out, you see these long runs ripped off, and really that last line of defense, which is T.J. McDonald flying up at a million miles an hour with a bad angle, is what springs the running back, so they have to get chased down by Minka and Rashad. And I'm so tired of it. I'm just so tired of it. T.J. is a good situational player at this point, a great situational player, but in the role that he's in is that last line of defense against the running game, which is supposed to be his forte. His big misses are so big that they counteract the good plays for me. And, and, and that's where I'd love to see Minka get in for him. Yeah, I think McDonald and Kiko are two players who their good games have, been, have just been fantastic. I mean, I remember T.J. McDonald against the Jets and against the Bears – if he's not in there, I'm not sure if the Dolphins win, but the remaining games, it's so hit and miss, so many blown coverages. A lot of this depends on the Dolphins' defensive line, too. I mean, to me, I keep going back to the first few games, really the first four games of the year. When the defensive line was playing great, the linebackers played great. And when they're not, 
it's hard for those undersized linebackers to get downhill, to hit those gaps, and to stop the run. And that's where the Dolphins have had such a big problem in the running game this year. So hopefully they can tighten up a little bit. An advantage the Dolphins may have, though, is, and one I'm really looking at is, if Bobby McCain can go one-on-one with T.Y. Hilton and defend him downfield, which I do think he has the makeup to do, then the Dolphins are going to be able to take Minka, take Xavier Howard, and allow them to win their matchups. That's where the Dolphins have to tighten up a lot on defense because, if, uh, needless to say, if they're allowing 36, 37 points a game on defense, as the Colts have been scoring the last four games, Dolphins aren't going to win this game. Well, and one thing, and I'm glad you brought up the first four games because there's one game I want to go back to in there. Now, Matt Burke has taken a lot of flack from us. He's taken a lot of flack from other Dolphins fans from the media. One thing that I will say Matt Burke did beautifully this year was the scheme that he deployed against the Titans. And that's a scheme that he needs to deploy here against Andrew Luck. And I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is Andrew Luck, but Marcus Mariota's a mobile quarterback that can make all the throws. And you look at the way that the defensive line was schemed to play out of the wide nine in that game, the way the linebackers were schemed. It was to defend against the short routes and to really stay home a little bit extra just to defend against the mobility of the quarterback and the dual-headed monster that is the Tennessee Titans' backfield. If Miami schematically comes out and basically plays like they're playing the Titans in this game, Miami can very easily win this game. It's They will defend against Andrew Luck taking off with the ball. They'll still be able to get a little bit of a pass rush. They may not get there, but they'll put some hits on Luck, which will affect him. And they, they'll be able to depend on their secondary to just do – most of the coverage responsibilities, which is fine. So I would love to see them defend the way they did against Tennessee, and I think that would be a critical element to Miami winning this game. I think Tannehill can put up enough points to outmatch Andrew Luck if Miami schemes defensively like that. See, I I would like the Dolphins to defend that way in that they're playing up further and they're trusting their secondary to not let up big plays because mm-hmm. that would be a great situation. I'm not too worried about Andrew Luck's running ability this year. He, he hasn't run for a lot of yards. He'll take the yards when he gets them. But if he tucks the ball down and, and gets 10, 15 yards here, that's not something that causes me huge concern like it did with Mariota. If you let Mariota go off, he could run for 40 yards. Hopefully we don't see anything like that with, with Andrew Luck in this game. So, Paul, what's your prediction here? I think Miami wins Tannehill's little comeback game here. I, I, it's it's nice to be able to say that again because it, it's, you know, the last few weeks is, there's been so many doubts with Brock Osweiler in the lineup. I know a lot of folks were high on him at first, and, and he really showed his true colors that we were pointing at from the get-go. But for me, I think Andrew Luck will put up some points. I think anybody that tells you otherwise is, is, is uh, smoking something that's legal in Colorado. But Honestly, I think Miami can pull this off. I think Miami can can actually drop 30 points in this one and win it 32 I'm going to go 24. I had a similar score except the other way around. And you know, one thing I think the Dolphins may have working for them too is that the Colts have won the last 4 games, but it's against the Bills, the Raiders, the Jaguars, and the Titans at home. So, they haven't exactly faced a murderer's row schedule. So, but then again, Miami right now is not a murderer's row opponent either. But 
I, I see this being the game that really breaks the back of Matt Burke as defensive coordinator, if, if that hasn't happened already. Because Tannehill's coming back. I think he's going to be pumped up. I think he's going to complete a high percentage of his passes, which a lot of quarterbacks do against the Colts. And I think he'll be well, well protected, too. I think it ends up being more of a shootout between Luck and Tannehill based on the matchups. And I see the Colts winning this game 30-27. to 27. That will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins-Indianapolis Colts matchup. Huge one here going into Week 12 for both teams. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.